For the fans in the Midwest, but heard coast to coast. The ones that bleed red and yellow. This is the Another Screenplay Chiefs Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Another Screenplay Chiefs Podcast over on Blog Talk Radio. I am your host, as always, Travis Steffen. And today we will be talking about the Chiefs going to Dallas and losing in another kind of ugly game. Uh, we, ha- we have not seen the Chiefs be that real high-powered Super Bowl caliber team in the last four games as we have gone one and three the last four after going five and zero. Oh. Uh, so we got a lot to talk about and I'm going to basically be just talking to you with what I saw in the game. Uh, a little bit of what I've seen from you guys, and I might put out an extra episode this week, or I might just save it for the Friday episode since it's a bye week, but I have not had a chance to go in and look at the All-22, as I will be doing uh, probably tonight and tomorrow, especially, uh, but there is, there's still quite a bit to talk about, and there's still a lot of things that I don't think a lot of people are grasping on some of the problems everyone wants to point out you know one or two positions or guys that are the problem that uh they're the only ones having the issues when there's problems on both sides it's not just the defense it's the offense as well it's not just the offense it's the defense and there's a lot of a lot of things I want to kind of swing by you guys and let you guys kind of decide for yourself by the end of the episode and you can let me know what you guys think on that but to start off DJ White who was put on waivers to bring in Tom Bahali he has been claimed by the Indianapolis Colts so Chris Ballard is bringing in a guy that he knows and worked with or you know brought into the chief system back in his time here so uh it's kind of interesting watching another corner go, but at the same time, you know, I didn't see DJ White hitting the field anytime soon, so I'm not too, I guess, concerned by it. Um, but let's start off with what we saw in the offense uh, in Dallas, and I want to start off with, you know, everybody wants to blame, you know, a certain piece of that offense or defensive side. And while I've seen a lot about Bob Sutton in the last few weeks, I haven't seen a lot of criticism for Andy Reid. Now, that is no way, shape, or form saying that I think Andy Reid needs to lose his job because I think he's a great coach. But we have not seen the creativeness of Andy Reid's play calling the last few games. We have seen a very blah offense. And we're not seeing the... Uh, you know, like I said, the very well put together plays, designed plays to get people open, uh, trick plays. We're we're seeing a lot of what we normally see, and it is not getting the job done. And I think that I think Andy Reid is also one of the things that you know, one of the people that needs to go into the bye week and kind of reevaluate things and get back on track. And I think the whole team, coaching and team as a whole, need this bye week. I don't think it could have come at a better time, uh, maybe right before this game. Uh, maybe we would have done a little better against Dallas. But overall, I think that the bye week is 
is a definitely a time that everyone needs to go in, watch some film, find out what is working, what is not. There's a lot of things, especially the last few weeks, that we have seen that is not working. And I think a lot of the play calling is one of that. I think that Andy Reid needs to get back to his more aggressive, uh, more well-put-together plays instead of just the the simple stuff that we've seen in years past that is not it's just not getting the job done um you know and we we saw Andy Reid go completely away from the run in the second half and what really bugged me about that is the fact that the first drive in the second half Kareem Hunt ran three for 29 yards one of those was a 19 yard gang game so the second you start getting some momentum in the run game in in your rookie running back, you pretty much pulled him from the game. Now, a lot of people want to come out and say that they're saving him for the deeper part of the season, that, you know, he's already hit that 13-game mark. Uh, I, I don't really know how much of that is true. He really didn't play hardly at all in the preseason. Uh, so I'm not really you know, buying that, uh, you know, in the, in the beginning of the season, I said that they need to limit his carries. You know, you don't want him getting hurt that he is only used to playing, you know, about 13 games. And a lot of you guys were coming after me. No, you need to give him the ball as much as possible. And now those same people are saying that, you know, they need to limit him and that's fine. I'm okay with limiting his carries. Now, Nine carries in the whole game, that's a little ridiculous. But it wasn't just Kareem Hunt. Andy Reid went completely away from the run game. We saw Tyreek Hill get four carries, and I've had about enough of that, especially uh, Tyreek Hill lining up behind Alex Smith. I think that every defense in the league is going to know exactly what's going on when he lines up there. But I think that... This, you know, I, I, I talked about when I was defending Spencer Ware early in the season that this is exactly why I want, I wish we could have had him for this season. Because now that, you know, we're halfway through the season, just a little over now, you don't have someone that can split carries with Kareem Hunt to where he can stay fresh. So what do you have? You have Char Kendrick West. He's great at pass blocking and catching passes. But he has not been able to do anything all year in the run game. We have still yet to see Akeem Hunt get hardly anything. So this is a great time where if we had Spencer Ware, that between Ware and Hunt, we could split the carries, keep them both fresh. But a lot of you guys really were excited about Spencer Ware getting hurt just because Kareem Hunt got to start off the season as a starter. And yes, it worked out great for Kareem Hunt in the beginning. Now it's starting to hurt. And, you know, I had someone tell me that, well, Kareem Hunt wasn't getting anything done in the run game, and that's why they decided to go straight passing. Okay, first of all, nine carries is not enough to tell me that he's not getting anything going. And right as he was getting something going... We saw them completely go away from it. So I, I don't, you're not going to convince me with that remark. 
Um, I, I think that honestly is just BS. And we've seen this team play basic, you know, basically like a lot of last year when, when our running backs were hurt, we saw this team play again, you know, basically a high powered passing offense and it did not work. The offense really struggled last year. They could not get anything going. So the basically going back to it in this game, especially and against the Steelers earlier on in week, I think, what was that? Six. We played the Steelers twice last year and we're still doing the same damn thing. We're still only giving Kareem Hunt nine carries. Let's look at it. The two games that the Chiefs have not been able to score 20 points, Kareem Hunt got nine carries. I feel like that's a pretty big issue. So, do not like that. I I really think that Andy needs to get back to his creative play calling. Um, You know, get back to the run game and letting it develop. After a while, it's going to break. You know, I know a lot of teams are are focusing on Kareem Hunt especially. And with the O-line not being completely healthy, yes, I know that Mitch Morse is back, LDT is back. LDT, was that was his first game. Morse his second, okay? And the O-line coming back from injuries is completely different from any other position because they are not operating as a single person or a single player. They are a unit. So LDT and Mitch Morse being out for, what, four or five games? So now you have to get that rhythm back with the offensive line because the rest of the offensive line has been playing with mix and match guys. So you have to get that rhythm back. And I'm hoping that they can do that in this bye week and get back to having a better line. But either way, you have to run the ball. Even if it's not working, you have to keep the defense honest because when they know that it's a pass play every single time, they can send their pass rushers straight to Alex Smith. And we saw what that did. Look, that's, and I, I just think that it's outrageous to sit here and say that, you know, all these problems on the defense, but no one wants to acknowledge the ones on the offense. And I don't think that there is one big issue other than play calling on the offense, but you have to hold the players accountable. And a lot of, a lot of it is, um, you know, I, I talked a little bit on Twitter about Alex Smith. He did not play a great game. And I'm not saying that he was the problem on the offense, but he played a part in it. We, we, we keep seeing Alex Smith get back to his happy feet. Okay. And that is a huge problem. And I, w- I want to read read off something to you guys that I, I saw on Pro Football Focus on one of their articles. Um, you know, I basically kind of put this out there for you guys that were defending Alex. And I'm not trying to bash him right here. I'm just saying that you have to hold everybody accountable, not just, you know, Kenneth Acker or Terrence Mitchell. You have to hold everybody accountable. And some of you guys get really defensive when I bring up Alex Smith. I gave Alex Smith credit when he was doing extremely well. If, if you've been listening to this podcast all season, you have heard me praise Alex Smith for some of the games he's played this year. This was not one of them. But I'm going to read off this for you guys and let me know what you guys think on Twitter or wherever you guys talk to me. But 
Okay. Quote, the final stat line still looks nice as Alex Smith finished with a passer rating of 102.9, but the number drops to 86.3 when taking out the free 56-yard touchdown in which Tyreek Hill juked the entire Cowboys defense at the end of the first half. Smith missed on a number of throws while throwing an interception into double coverage with the game on the line with 5-12 to go in the fourth quarter. Smith appeared as though he was feeling pressure early in the game, though he was only pressured on 11 of his 39 dropbacks. On those 11 pressures, he went 2 for 7 for 8 yards. He had 2 scrambles and 2 sacks, unquote. So, to be honest, I do not really feel... I feel that he was trying to fit the ball in the tight window on that interception, but I don't fully put it on Alex Smith. Uh, I feel he was baited and the defensive back made a really good play, but at the same time, right there in the game, I wish it wouldn't have happened, but I also am kind of glad that it's finally happened because now we don't have that, that stat hanging over Alex Smith's head of just being so scared to throw an interception because he's got that great stat line. Now you can kind of sit back and play the game. So I am not worried about the the interception. I think that it definitely changed the game, obviously, at the point it came. And but I just I I feel like nobody wants to look at Alex Smith for his flaws, especially in a week to week basis. And like I said earlier, you guys get very defensive when I bring up Alex Smith. Now I have seen I, I, we all saw the the tweet that went out that was asking if it can, if basically the offense continues to struggle down the stretch, is it time for Pat Mahomes? I do not think so, which is very surprising because I'm a very big Pat Mahomes believer, and I talked to you guys at the very beginning of the season that I didn't think that Alex Smith could or would bring you a Super Bowl win, so why not start Pat Mahomes, let him get the experience? And I have a little bit of both sides on this, but we've seen Alex Smith play the 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 great play to be able to win a Super Bowl. We have seen him play the at a high enough rate to win a Super Bowl. We've seen it in those first five games. We just haven't seen it the last four. And Honestly, I mean, I guess if he continues to really struggle in the last part of the season, maybe it's time because the last six games are very easy. I mean, you got what, what, what do we got? We got Giants when we come back. We got the Jets at some point. We got the Dolphins at some point. Uh, I think we got Buffalo at some point. Um, Denver, Oakland, and San Diego. Some Somewhere along those lines, but... Uh, it's not a hard rest of the season. So I expect Andy to do a lot better and Alex to do a lot better and this whole offense to do a lot better for the rest of the season. But that does not make me more, I guess, eased or uh, going into the playoffs feel more comfortable because you're doing it against worse teams. Uh, you know, some of these teams have nothing going for them really. So I do need to see Alex Smith get back to those first five games. And it's, it's a total offense 
deal. You know, the offense in the first five games, their points per game average was 31.4. The last four games, it's 20.5. So we can talk about how much the defense has had its issues, but in two of those losses, the Chiefs have failed to get even 20 points. And honestly, the Raiders game, the offense played really well. I think that the, you know, Raiders got kind of a, BS touchdown at the very end on that final attempt at zero seconds, uh, you know, with Crabtree pushing off and, and whatnot. But we also hurt ourselves with multiple penalties in those multiple plays after the zero minutes. So nonetheless, offense has to play better as well. And we've seen, we've, we've seen what not having Wilson and Conley has done to this offense. And, uh, it, it's very concerning. Uh, you know, especially the games that Wilson hasn't been in alongside Conley not being in there, it has been a mess. And I think the Steelers game was the other one that, you know, is the first game without Conley. And I think Wilson was out as well. And our offense with both of those guys out has been absolutely miserable. Um, we, we didn't see Robinson uh, get a whole lot of targets he actually had two targets, which he ended up catching both, I think, for 18 yards. But Robinson has not apparently gotten the trust or the the looks from Alex Smith, and he has not earned the first or second look on most plays, as those would usually go to Travis Kelsey or Tyreek Hill. But we're, we really seem to struggle, which is really surprising because before the season, a lot of people talked about how Chris Conley was – not a second receiver that he wasn't good enough to be there that they don't really have high hopes for him and then Wilson we all nobody liked Wilson before the season but he has come in and done a lot better this year and now having both of those guys gone we've seen to really struggle now we've seen Travis Kelsey come in the last two games and put up some good numbers but Tyreek Hill outside of that fluky touchdown right before half he had one catch. One. It, it's very concerning, and it's something that needs to get fixed. The, everybody needs to get on the same page. Um, you know, we talk about the offensive line. Wait till, you know, LDT was a little bit rusty. Schwartz is probably the bigger problem, in my opinion. Uh, Schwartz has made some really good plays. He's had some really good games. But... He, he's one of those guys this year that, you know, one play he can make a phenomenal block and then the next play look completely lost and let his guy go right past him. So, um, which is really surprising because coming into this year, Schwartz was one of the best tackles, right tackles in the league. And we have just not seen the consistency. So I, I am still wondering why we haven't seen Parker Einger come in for left guard. I definitely think he would be an upgrade over Witzman. Um, and he's active. So I, I, I don't think he was active this week. So maybe there's something going on there, but I, I still fail to see why we haven't seen him in there. Um, but they, they have not come out and really talked about it, but overall the offense has to play better. They have to score more. They have to be able to hold onto the ball longer is a big factor because we've seen, we, we all complain about the defense not being able to get off, get off the field, but the offense can't stay on it. 
how many times are we watching a three and out series? And when your defense was just on the field for however long, and then they have to come back after three plays, they're tired. Okay? I, I, I get the fact that they are one of the worst teams at getting off the field, but dang, dude, you got to give them a chance to, you know, catch their breath. Give them a chance to to sit down and relax for a second before being thrown right back out there. You know, it's got enough issues as it is to be just thrown right back out. So, you know, switching over to the defensive side, uh, you know, we've, we all know what's going on uh, with the Bob Sutton uh, talks over the last few weeks. And here's what I want to say. I defended Bob Sutton after that first loss to the Steelers and when a lot of people say he should be fired. And I will tell you right now, I am I am not willing to fire Bob Sutton at this point in the season. Uh, you're not going to change a scheme at this point in the season, so there's really just no point. He But he has to do better. But a lot of you were still complaining about him not adjusting. And he adjusted big time in this game against Dallas. Okay? We saw a lot more bodies up in the box. We saw Sorensen not being in the box, thank God. Uh, we saw two linebacker, two middle linebackers. We saw a lot more three-down linemen. Uh, Benny Logan went from like 50% of the snaps to somewhere around like 73, 75. Uh, Roy Miller was activated for this game. He got some. Um, we saw... We saw DJ come off the field. He was only on the field for about 79% of the snaps, and uh, which you saw KPL and Raglan side-by-side. Uh, side. And KPL got about 35 snaps, Raglan 20. And they both looked pretty good in this game. I think that um, they both had a pretty good game, and I want to go back and definitely watch those two and see uh, what I can see in the All-22. But first impression, I thought they both had a pretty good game. So, but the issue is, you know, the run defense wasn't as big of a problem this game. Yes, Ezekiel Elliott got through, what, 93 carry or 93, not carries, wow, uh, 93 yards on the day. A guy that has, like, the last six games gone over 100 yards and against a team that's been given up running yards like it's candy on Halloween. I'm okay with 93 yards because it kept him at 3.4 yards per carry. So honestly, I think the run defense did a pretty good job. It was the secondary that was the problem. And my problem with that on the defense and everybody that's blaming Sutton. And I have, I have definitely had some things that I chalk up to Sutton, but this last week was not on him. I think that, the fact that you cannot have guys in the secondary win one-on-one matchups is a huge issue. Huge. So now, you know, it's really hard to bring those extra guys into the box when all of your secondary needs help constantly. And we saw even Peters make a really bad read and it go for a big gain. But we saw Terrence Williams go for 141 yards. Des Bryant had probably the best game of his season so far. And honestly, I think that Des Bryant is probably one of the most overrated receivers in the league. Um, that pass interference call called on Nelson against Des Bryant was absolutely garbage. 
Nelson turned his head to look for the ball. Des Bryant knew he wasn't going to catch it, so he literally dove into Nelson. Absolute garbage. And it was a huge problem. It really changed the game right there. But we didn't see, like I said, we didn't see Sorensen down in the box. We saw KPL there instead, and it worked fantastic. I think that KPL... Now that, you know, like I said, I've only, I haven't seen the all 22, but I'm definitely going to look for, because I talked to you guys in an article on Arrowhead Addict, especially about how KPL and Raglan have not really worked out yet because we have not seen much of them, but we saw, we got a more portion size of KPL with 35 snaps. And that's definitely something I want to go back and look over because from what I can remember of what I saw the first, you know, in the broadcast, I think that he could be a pretty good middle linebacker. I think that he's definitely got the speed. Uh, I would like to see him. I'd like to see him go up against a tight end just to see what his coverage is. Uh, more often, I want to see if you know keeping him there instead of Sorensen will also help with some of the coverage against guys like you know tight ends. But uh, he got into the backfield. Both Raglan and KPL did. Uh, it looked more aggressive, but the overall front of the defense, the defensive line, the edge rushers are not physical enough at this point. And I think that's something that definitely has to be addressed in this bye week because they're not getting pressure. We are tied for the fourth worst in getting pressure on quarterbacks in the league. And when you have a secondary that can't play one-on-one -on -one without help over the top, that is a huge, huge issue. It would be one thing if our corners were playing like they were last year, especially down the stretch, and just beating their man. They're not doing that. That means you have to get pressure on the quarterback now. And we have not seen that. We, we have seen very inconsistent play from the defensive line. And I, I told you that I thought that Benny Logan's probably the most consistent one. He's still not a pass rusher. He's more of a run stuffer. He, he'll he make some plays against the pass game, but overall, he's more of a run stuffer. And Alan Bailey has been really inconsistent and not moving guys like he probably should. Chris Jones has been really inconsistent. Uh, you know, we have to get to the quarterback. We've got to give the secondary some help. And at the same time, the secondary has to be able to stick with their man. But Bob Sutton has to put his corners in a position that they will succeed. This whole playing 10 yards off is not working. It may work for Marcus Peters, but it's not working on the other side of the ball. Okay, I've seen enough of Kenneth Acker, and I think it's absolutely hilarious that all of the people that whenever I tweet out during the game uh, against Denver... You know, why Why in the world is Kenneth Acker out there instead of Terrence Mitchell? I got all these tweets about how terrible Terrence Mitchell is. He doesn't deserve to be on the team. He He's absolute garbage. All of those same people are on Twitter after the Dallas game wondering why Terrence Mitchell isn't in there. He should definitely be in there over Kenneth Acker. So if you're going to criticize, at least be consistent. Don't sit here and tell me one week how Terrence Mitchell doesn't deserve a position on this team. And then the next week after we lose and Kenneth Acker once again gets torched every single play. It's not like he wasn't getting torched against Denver because he was. They just didn't target it enough. 
be consistent because I definitely think that Terrence Mitchell needs to be that third corner and be the outside guy on the uh, the nickel and dime packages when Nelson slides into the slot. But if you're going to play Mitchell, you have to play him up on the line. You can't play him 10 yards out. He will not succeed. And when he did come out in that third and 15, which, dear Lord, right before half, the last drive before half for Dallas, Third and 15, and Bob Bob Sutton decides he wants to run a prevent zone defense. <sighs> Absolute garbage. I, I cannot even explain to you how mad I was at that play call. And it ended up in Des Bryant getting open across the middle, wide open. And I saw so many people blaming Terrence Mitchell for that. And I don't know if you know what a zone defense is, especially in prevent. But once the guy passes him, it is not his responsibility anymore. So when Des Bryant passed Terrence Mitchell, it's not man coverage. He's not supposed to go with him. He's supposed to cover that zone of the field. So everybody that was bashing on Terrence Mitchell for that play, stop it. Also, Steven Nelson had kind of a rough game. He... He made a couple plays, but he, he got beat up quite a bit. And so I'm hoping that after playing two games, he got a lot more plays in this one. But I'm hoping that this bye week will help him as well. Go back, watch the film, see what he did and did not do. Uh, but overall, we need to see a more aggressive defense. Because this defense right now looks soft. It, it looks like... A bunch of it looks like a college game, honestly. They can't even do the fundamentals of tackling. We have seen so many missed tackles go for big gains, and it is a huge issue. And we need to see this team wake up, get more aggressive, because the D line, there's many plays that I can probably uh, make, you know, little clips of of the D line basically just standing up up straight and holding the offensive lineman there instead of actually going for the quarterback. We've seen very little effort from the defensive line from my eyes. Uh, I think that, you know, we had D Ford out and Tom Bahali came in. He had about uh, 23 snaps. I thought he looked good. I thought he, he really wanted to get to that quarterback. And I think it was his third snap. He was held and, and they got a holding call against Tom Bahali. I thought he looked quick. I thought he looked powerful. Uh, I'm very interested to see how much he gets played from here on out because I think that he can make an impact on this team. But overall, the defense has to get more aggressive. Same with the offense. The defense also has to be more physical. They have to get to the quarterback. They have to make the tackles, get those hard hits. Play your man in secondary. It, I mean, that, that that's really honestly what needs to happen. And if the defense gets better at holding their own man in the secondary, the secondary improves, gets back to even, you know, 80% of last year, uh, the defensive line and outside rushers get some pressure on quarterbacks. You keep playing like what we saw in this game against Dallas with the two middle linebackers instead of bringing Sorensen down in the box. 
Uh, I want to see more KPL and Raglan in at the same time. Uh, and then the offense, get more aggressive, get more creative, score. If all those things happen, we're back to square one of the first part of the season looking like Super Bowl contenders. But the problem is, I don't think we have a team to really look at and be really impressed with the Chiefs coming out with a victory the rest of the season. Maybe Buffalo? I don't, I, I, I don't know. But this team has got a lot of work to do over this bye week. And luckily... Andy Reid is really good after the bye week. The unfortunate problem is we play the Giants after the bye week. So I guess you could say we get about two bye weeks there. But if the Chiefs can't pull a game against the Giants and get a victory there, I will be very concerned. But that is all I got for you guys today. Uh, your Red Friday episode will probably be the All-22 review uh, more of what I've seen, I'll probably compile it with, you know, all 22 reviews from the last couple games as well and do like a three game deal of what I've saw from specific players. But let me know what you guys think there. Uh, I do have a couple questions on Twitter. Uh, what you guys want to know. Um, McScotty Mac at 1975 Chiefs fan. You actually had quite a few. Uh, you said Tomba looked quick. I agree. Ramik is better than the other replacement linebackers, so why is he why is he not playing? Look, I, I've definitely expressed my thoughts on Ramik Wilson. I think they definitely should be in there. Uh, however, I did see a big improvement from KPL and Raglan, so I, I do want to see more of those two, especially on the field at the same time. But I am still kind of off on the why he is not activated. I know he doesn't play special teams, but I think he definitely can contribute more than DJ at this point, who has looked lost most of the time. Uh, why are the corners playing off when Peters was at his best? He pressed, so did Mitchell. I agree. Uh, why is our rookie pass rusher not playing? I've explained this in multiple episodes. K Passino is not ready to play, and he is not better than anyone in front of him at this point. Okay, Justin Houston, D. Ford, Tom Bahali now, Frank Zombo are all better than Passigno. So I do not see a reason to bring him in unless we have a huge lead and they just want to give him some snaps. But I've seen a lot of this of wanting Passigno, thinking that the rookie is going to make a huge difference in the pass rush when he was. He's learning a new to play a new position. You know, he's not a 4-3 defensive end anymore. He's playing an outside linebacker in the 3-4. And I don't think that he is ready. And from what I've seen, even in the Denver game when he came in, he is not ready. So uh, your next one is Alex looks different after Pittsburgh game. I agree. I think the whole offense does. Uh, why, did, why did the line get so bad so fast? Well, we talked about injuries. You know, you had two guys out, two of your best guys out for substantial weeks and now just coming back give them some time to get some rhythm in and i think it will be better i don't expect like this great amazing line but i think it will be a lot better especially in the run game uh you know you have morris who can swing out and get out into space and block for the run game which is huge and ldt is a huge upgrade over anyone who is stepping in for him which 
is kind of funny because a lot of people were pissed off about that that contract he got in the offseason and now people are absolutely loving them some LDT so um will this be Sutton's last year I don't know I, I really don't I think that the rest of the season it'll depend on that but um I wouldn't be surprised either way uh if he doesn't if he doesn't continue to make adjustments to make this defense better, I think that we could definitely be talking about that. We we need to kind of see who's on the market. Uh, I've seen Rex Ryan thrown out a couple times, and I'm okay with Rex Ryan coming in coming in as a defensive coordinator, not as a as a head coach. I think that this team definitely fits his style as Bob Sutton play or was a coach for him, coordinator for him in uh, New York. Uh, so this, this defense definitely fits his, the style of defense he wants to play. I think that he ruined the Buffalo defense trying to switch them from, from a 4-3 to a 3-4, but this defense is already in the scheme that fits Rex Ryan's play style and Rex Ryan is more aggressive. So, uh, I would be open to that, but overall I would have to see who is on the market to really make that change and, um, like I said, I'm not changing a coordinator this late into the season. Uh, Chiefsology at LWOS Mike Wilson. You asked, what can the bye week do for this team? They need their mojo back. And I've, I've gone over that. I've talked about how they need to be more aggressive on both sides of the ball. They need to be more physical on the defensive line. The secondary needs to get back to being able to cover their own assignment instead of every single one of them needing help over the top. Uh, I think Nelson will get better. I think that we should see Mitchell come back in uh, after the bye week. If not, dear God, Bob Sutton, maybe I will be on that train. So that is all I got for you guys today. That's all I see under that that part. Um, whenever I tweet out for asking for your guys' questions, takeaways, um, thoughts on the team, whether it is this week or any other game, Make sure you put them right there. Make sure to tweet right back. Make it a reply. Do not quote tweet it uh, or anything like that. I go down the list. I, I'm not going to search for all of the different ways that you have uh, asked that. So if you see that on Twitter, make sure you put it right there with the rest of the feed. And then if it's on Facebook, obviously it's a little bit easier. Just don't share it and then answer it in the shared, you know, basically comment on it. So let me know what you guys think. Let me know if there's a player that you really want me to focus on in the All-22 film over the next couple days. And I will talk to you guys on Friday.